3: good morning. Wednesday edition. Three dudes with a view. It looks looks to be a sunny Wednesday out there, and I think it's safe to say we have moved into a summer weather pattern, which will be with us till Labor Day at least, and uh, summer's always fun. It's it's a good thing. I'm dude number three, Delph Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Uh, He's not driving the bus anymore. School's out. He's just playing hooky. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll find him in a while. Maybe we won't. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, how are you? Mr. York, we can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Good morning. There we go. Good morning, Mr. York. Good morning, everybody. There we go. Good morning, Mr. York. All right, folks, we've got a couple of very special guests here. Before I introduce them, uh, let me me say that... uh, I thought we were going to be talking about the systemic failure of you know the uh, Tennessee's public school system or you know oh mercy. Or, yeah, why little Jane makes a B but then still can't be uh, still test is not proficient in third grade uh, languages so that kind of thing but delightfully we're going to not just avoid all that and go on to something pleasant and uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, and and folks, I want to remind you. I think you, this, I think this up this show that we're going to have this morning is one that you're probably going to want to go back and listen to uh, again, or invite friends and neighbors to listen to it. Uh, and just as a reminder, you can go to our uh, website and find podcasts of several different shows, including this show, Three Dudes with a you. you can also The Three Dudes with a View. You can click on Videos and uh, uh, see the we we are uh, you can see the video of this show and listen to it as well uh, on our website. Just as a reminder, the podcast that we do have available at the WKOM WKRM website this show, Three Dudes with a View The Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, hosted by Drake Holly. History's Hook hosted by Tom Price, Big Yellow School Bus, hosted by Jack Cobb, Southern Middle Tennessee Today News with Todd Price, the Tony Basilio Show, all things uh, athletic at the University of Tennessee and, and also other places, Inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross, which comes on on Friday morning. American Steel uh, with uh, Dr. Michael Steele, who's principal at Columbia Central High School. Uh, Front porch happenings, which is every Friday at 11, where we talk about what's going on in in and around Columbia, Southern Middle Tennessee, and uh, uh, Murray County. Uh, every Friday at, on our sister station WKRM at 11. But if you miss it, you can go to the podcast uh, by going to our website or. All of these podcasts are can be found wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, whatever. Columbia Central High School softball, uh, Columbia Central High School basketball, Columbia Central High School football, uh, Little League uh, is going on right now, and folks, that is so much fun. And you can also catch the uh, video broadcast of that on our website. Uh, it, it's it, it's really fun. I mean, it's, uh, those guys are fun to watch, and the the video we've got these days is just excellent. We've even got instant replay and that kind of thing. Uh, George Hamilton V's Americana Central Time, which comes on Sunday night. Circle Unbroken with Taft airs, which will be on this afternoon at four. Uh, the podcast of. Parchos- estate plan, stand. uh, Prochotsky estate law uh, can be found, and that is a worthwhile listen. uh, And you can find that on our website or anywhere you get your podcast. Um, There is also a show live from the um, Loveless Cafe. That only comes on like once a month. So uh, it is archived there on the podcast. And Columbia Central Softball, so we a, a lot of great podcasts, and you can if you uh, don't have an opportunity to listen live, you can always uh, go back and listen to them later, or listen to them over, or whatever, uh, on our website or wherever you get your podcast. All right, our very special guest. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce County Historian. Joanne McClellan, how are you?
4: Good morning. How are you?
3: Great to have you. Thank you. And, uh, uh, uh pre, uh, blah, 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 blah. Rector. Yeah. Rector. <laughs> I get confused too, Del. Yeah. What is it? I is always remember that it's Rector. <laughs> All right. Rector Chris Bowie from St. Peter's Episcopal Church right here in Columbia. How you doing? Morning, Doug, How are you? All right. Now, let's set the stage. You, you two have teamed up, uh, along with the African American Heritage Society, St. Peter's Church, uh, to have an event, a luncheon, uh, this uh, this week, Saturday, I think it's 1145 at West 7th Church of Christ, just uh, a block up from, no not even a block from where we are. And uh, Chris, tell me what it's about. Well, Doug, thanks. Uh, what we're doing is in
2: uh, part of our the weekend, this weekend is Whit Sunday weekend. And what that means is that every year for the past 103 years, the people of St. Peter's and the larger community have gone to, down to St. John's Ashwood, which is that beautiful church on the way to Mount Pleasant. Oh, wow. Yeah. it ever. Yep. Come, and all are, all are welcome. Come on down. Beautiful place, no power, no water, uh, air conditioning through the open windows, and uh, we gather and we have a rotation of the three bishops or overseers of the three dioceses in the state of Tennessee. And this year, we have, pardon me, Bishop Phoebe Rofe, uh, who is a remarkable person in many reasons, but she is um, the first African-American bishop in the entire state of Tennessee. And so, excited by this historic visit, uh, we wanted to partner with the African-American Heritage Society of Murray County and find a way to lift up the voices, the stories, <clears throat> pardon me, of the African-American community in Murray County. And what are those stories? What? How can we elevate the stories of resilience and influence and success, uh, much as Bishop Ralph has is establishing in her own person and by her arrival. Much more to be said about it, but what we want to do is to emphasize those stories, and no one is doing more work, better work, than uh, Joanne in unearthing these stories
3: and broadcasting them to make sure that uh, people get to know them. Yes, she is, and uh, folks, this this is i have just I got to brag on her. I mean, she and of course her offices are down there in the archives, along with Tom Price, who's the Murray County archivist, and individually and together, Tom and uh, Joanne have brought to light really you have to call it uh, forgotten Af- African American history in Murray County, uh, and, and what's amazing. I majored in history, of course. they they're doing primary research that's a little unusual to be doing primary research on events that are uh, you know 100 150 years old but these the primary usually you know within the first 25 years or so you know the first cut is done by historians on historic events and then what they write what they uh, memorialize is used by later historians uh, as as secondary resources to further refine or uh, uh, give a modern viewpoint on historical events. They're, they've been going back and doing primary research. You know, finding the newspaper clippings, you know, the the, the the letters that are in somebody's attic, that kind of thing. And they have just done amazing work on African-American history in Murray County that nobody has done to this day. Uh, So that's why I'm really excited about this show, because we're going to talk about that. Now, what's going to happen? At You're you're raising money uh, at the luncheon. It's a a $10 suggested donation.
4: That's correct.
3: Joanne is the speaker on... Speaking on African Americans in history in Murray County. Uh, all right, tell tell us about um, and and you're raising money for what?
4: We're. Th- We're going to build an African-American museum and cultural center. For the viewers that may not know, back in 2012, I founded the African-American Heritage Society of Murray County just because of what Delk said. There was nothing basically written about the African-American history except for stories of slavery and atrocities. And being a product of Murray County, I was born and raised here. I was gone for 30 years, I came back 20 years ago, and still there was just nothing written about the, Stories, the successful stories of African Americans in this county. So I decided that it was like time to do this. I was involved with the Genealogical Society for four years. I was president. I was researching my family history and in finding my great 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 uncle who fought at the Battle of Nashville and some of the stories of his family, his wife, and there was just more and more about Murray County and I was researching the Civil War history and I found this guy who was, had documents filed with the Lincoln papers and I thought this is pretty big and it's just sort of snowballed and then 2012 I just thought it was time 2014 we had a strategic planning session with the board members and I thought we thought we just needed to share all of this information with the rest of Murray County because no one knows this history and uh, since then we've been doing that, we've been documenting the thing that's important we have been uh, partnering with historians we've been developing a reputation across the county such that people know who we are we've been working with um... the tennessee state museum with the tennessee uh... with the mtsu center of historic preservation we're working with people who are true historians true people that understand the importance of history and uh, we've developed the reputation and now we're ready to do this museum and cultural center That's all
3: right awesome. now what would you envision the museum and cultural center uh, to be,
4: it's going to be uh, an indoor space with exhibits, and we're going to try to go high tech. A lot of the information we're hoping to put on uh, media, such that uh, people can punch a button and get the history. I so can re- interactive. Inter- interactive, 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 interactive. Um, many of you may not know that the society was selected to host an exhibit from the Smithsonian, and we're going to get that exhibit down here in august and i have attended several workshops dealing with that particular exhibit It's called voices and votes democracy in america so we're going to use that as our guide it's visual it's interactive and in fact for the event on uh, saturday Thanks to uh, Father Bowie's technical team, we're going to show a video, it's about a very high level videos, about 15 or 19 minutes, of some of the important people, African Americans of Murray County that built these communities. We're focusing on the people that actually built communities built schools and churches Uh, and I'm going to be speaking about one specific person that I think is like the epitome of all of these things. Faith, family, education, religion and also he promoted uh, democracy in America so um, What's his name? His name is Edmund Kelly.
3: Wow. There we go. All right, folks, this, so that is this coming Saturday, uh, co-sponsored by uh, St. Peter's Episcopal Church, and it will be a program of uh, film and of uh, lecture by Joanne McClellan on uh, historic African-American uh, events, people in Murray County, and it will raise money for an African-American heritage museum here in Columbia. Uh, all of which is exciting stuff. Let's take a break, come back, talk about it more.
1: of today are among the most dependable and luxurious vehicles in America and Parks Motor Sales has them all. Find excellent deals on the Buick La Crosse, Cascada, and Regal. Parks has SUVs, the Encore, Enclave, and Envision. Their exceptional staff can help you find your best fit with financing for your budget. For a vehicle that has everything, experience the new Buick. For a dealer that has everything, experience Parks Motor Sales. Visit 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorsales.com
3: Three with a view. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, uh, has been found by the truant officer and <laughs> is present. How are you, Clayton? Oh, I
0: actually was at a school this morning, but I was at a press conference. So, uh, good morning, Del.
3: Yeah, yeah. I heard on Tom Price news. That new, Tom Price's news this morning. Bobby Sharp is retiring. That's uh, correct. And um, for various Golf. For various will be, golf will be the interim. He will be. And. Um, and it's, that's the football coach at Central, folks. He,
0: that's correct, and um, it's exciting. Uh, we, we, you know, want to thank Coach Sharp for everything he did over the past year and a half uh, at Columbia. But uh, uh, we wish him well in his future endeavors. But. Uh, obviously, uh, Trederious Golf, uh, well known in this community, was an outstanding football player in high school and college, uh, and is now the interim uh, head coach at Columbia Central High School. And he's the first African American head football coach at Columbia Central High School, which is historic. And uh, uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. It's going it's to be good for
3: everybody involved. Well, now Thanks, uh, you know somebody brought this up this morning. Is, is it anticipated that? Trevarius will actually uh, helm the team in the coming season. While I'm... yes,
0: okay, it, it, this will be his season, and um, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would think that that interim tag will be removed at some
3: point. Okay. That would be a guess. Okay, so. all right. There we there we go. That's exciting news for Columbia Central football, folks. dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right, and we've got something very special going this morning. Uh, Upcoming Saturday at 1145 at uh, the West 7th Street Church of Christ, which is right across the street from Oaks and Nichols, uh, there will be a program, which I think is going to be an historic event in itself. Uh, The African American Heritage Society and St. Peter's Episcopal Church here in downtown Columbia are teaming up. Uh, to have a fundraising luncheon for an African American uh, history museum here in Columbia which that's very exciting and the plans for that and then uh, but the program itself will feature Joanne McClellan uh, lecturing and showing some videos about uh, historic uh, black history and, or uh, african-americans who've made a difference here in murray county over the last couple of hundred years and i think the event itself is actually history because i don't recall any time before that you know there's been a like a comprehensive one-hour talk on uh, as sort of a general overview of african-american history in murray county i i just don't, I, don't know, I don't know whether it's happened before
4: del you need to come to some of our lecture series you We have I mean. <laughs> we have a quarterly lecture series, and we've been doing that since two thousand and twelve and we feature. African-American history, and and we try to talk about history at a more global level, but we always try to bring it home to Murray County, Okay. and we've been doing this since 2012. How do you get on the mailing list to uh, see you where know, that is? I was,
3: I was down at the archives one day, and Tom gave me the, you know, the sign-up sheet, and I threw it in the bottom of my truck you know, and <laughs> forgot about it.
4: We. Um, we send out a newsletter to members and we have members all over the United States. In fact we have one member in the UK. So what's the membership in? The African American African American Society. Okay. But the of Moray County. Of, right? of, of Murray County. Ca- okay. Of Moray County. Okay. But the public is invited to our lecture series. And we used to advertise in the Columbia Daily Herald, the old Daily Herald. Yeah. Uh but we don't but we send out newsletters um to um, To our members, and we try to, you know, get the word out. But we we invite authors and subject matter experts and uh, professors of history from MTSU, TSU, Bandy, and Fisk. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, our most famous person was a few years ago, well-known person. He was with Dr. Martin Luther King the day he was assassinated, wow. although he wasn't there at the actual time. They met in the morning. He was assassinated in the afternoon. A doc, uh, Dr. Bernard Lafayette. Um, he was here but we've done these lecture series um, every year and they're theme based this year because we're hosting the um, exhibit from the Smithsonian our theme is Voices of Murray County and we're talking about talking about people who promoted democracy in America in Murray County. Where and, are these normally held? Where do well, you
3: normally go? to? to, and, go to and, and, and Debbie, let's slow down a little bit. Okay. Uh, uh, first of all, we need to introduce regular special guest to Debbie Matthews. Good Ada. morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Joanne
5: and I are sharing the Zoom screen today. Uh, so she's she's got her face on my Zoom. All so. right.
3: And we've been hearing from Joanne McClellan, Murray yes. County historian uh, who will be the featured speaker at the Luncheon on Saturday to raise money for uh, the um, uh, the Af- Af- African American Museum here in Murray County, and uh, just to uh, it's, I, I, and again I'm joy and I, I know that you y'all have been out there, but uh, this is just. Uh, It's a donation of $10 is suggested to go to the African American History Museum. St. Peter's Episcopal Church has partnered with the African American History uh, Heritage Society to put this on, so I want to introduce the Reverend Chris Bowie. Hey, Doug, how are you? All right, of St. Peter's Episcopal Church here in Columbia. There we go. Uh, um, all right, Debbie, now you're, what well, you...
5: Well, so here are these what, wonderful what, lectures that I'm missing, and I'm upset about that because <laughs> I adore history. Where do you normally hold the quarterly
3: lectures? Now
4: we're meeting at the Murray County Archives until they move for their renovation. Oh, so yeah, y'all are
3: getting a new building, aren't you? The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then, that's exciting, yeah, too. And
4: um, we're going to have to find a temporary location, and we're in the process of finding a temporary location. But we've had these meetings all over. We were meeting at one point at Columbia State, and when we were at Columbia State, the history professor were, was giving his students extra credit to come to, to come our to lectures. They, they were just well, that well, good.
3: Entirely appropriate, yeah.
4: And uh, we've met at the library or at the Heritage Bank, you know, wherever we can find space, but we're going to be looking for a temporary site to hold the lectures while the archivists under renovations. And
2: if you let St. Peter's host it, we will give extra credit. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> you get it to, <laughs> it to <laughs> right, Chris? Absolutely. That's right That's right. Yeah. To Uh, show your extra
3: credit at the pearly gates, that's right. Okay, there we go. That's Mm. awesome,
2: folks. But this
5: event Saturday is being held at West 7th Street,
2: yes, West 7th Street. And we're so grateful to the West 7th uh, Church of Christ because they've been so hospitable in uh inviting and allowing uh, this event, which again, yes, it will be historic.
3: Yeah, all right, folks. Well, um, Joanne, let's let's give them a little flavor of what uh. They might hear at a a fun and interesting occasion for and raising a little money for a good cause. Ten dollar donation suggested. Uh, This Saturday, West Seventh Street Church, Christ. What what will you be speaking about? What will the videos be about?
4: Well, the theme is um, uh, making a way for themselves: faith, family, education, and entrepreneurship. So I'm going to sounds like
3: David Lipscomb. It does.
4: (laughs) So I'm going to talk about. Two people and one person in particular that I think fits the category of all of those things, uh, and he was a person that was born and raised here in Murray County, and uh, you know I don't want to give away the, the story, but he oh
3: come was, <laughs> on Joyce, some of us won't be able to be there.
4: He was born and raised in Murray County. He did not learn to read or write until he was 16 years old, and he ended up talking to President Lincoln and President Johnson. Wow. He became a prolific writer. And when I first found out about him, I was researching, I think I was maybe researching something, and I just saw his name, and it was just like, oh, he was a slave, and he was uh, he left here and went to Massachusetts, and that was it. And then all of a sudden I'm researching and I found this information at the Library of Congress filed with the Lincoln papers. Oh wow. And it's just like it just sort of snowballed. And then I started finding more stories. Now, what um, was his name? You want to know his name? <laughs> Edmund. Ed, Edmund Kelly. Edmund Kelly. Edmund Kelly. Edmund he, Kelly. Uh huh.
3: And and he was born and raised here in Murray County.
4: Raised here in Murray County. Uh, based on what I found so far, I think he was raised up in the College Hill area, and he was uh, hired out to work at a boys' school, and I'm thinking it may have been like the Andrew, old oh, Andrew School. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just amazing. He was, uh, and he was. And um, he was. Waiting, was waiting over tables. there mm-hmm. in
3: College Hill. Yeah. A beautiful old building. Yeah. Horse yeah. County. Behind the
4: Harold Harold yeah. was yeah. correct right yeah.
3: a gorgeous old building my granddad actually attended school there and uh, but
4: there there are more stories um, the people who
3: now what was edmund kelly's i mean what was his calls what what did he he was contribute? a minister
4: he was a minister he right. ended up being the f- one of the first ordained ministers in more um, in tennessee
3: Okay. And yeah. did, he, did he live and work here all his no,
4: life? No, no. He, he went to Massachusetts. He left. He went to Massachusetts. But he he was home-based here a lot. So he came back here. He came back here after the war, and he was teaching in a Freedman Bureau school. Then he and he eventually purchased his family and moved the family to uh, Massachusetts. But he was, like, home-based here. He established churches and schools in Knoxville and in Alabama. And he was just, like, all over. He really never left. Murray County. And then his son was the person that started the um, first public school for African Americans, J.H. Kelly. In uh, 18, He came down in 1872, 75. He started like a little private school. And then the school that he started ended up being the colored school on College Hill, the College Hill School.
3: Oh, so. wow. So his son came back yeah. here and worked yep. in providing yep. education for African Americans.
4: Yes, and then another son who fought for the uh, Massachusetts 54th, and Michele, oh, by the way, was one of the ministers that uh, did a prayer where they marched through Massachusetts, like a thousand member Massachusetts 54th, 54th unit. He's one of the so ministers. This would
3: be the Civil War.
4: Yeah, right, and that particular son fought for the 54th, and he ended up coming here uh, staying for a short time, and he was involved with the YMCA, He also had a great-grandson that came back and was the Second or third principal of Mount Lebanon. Now, Edmund Kelly was the first, not principal minister. Edmund Kelly was the first minister of Mount Lebanon. His well, grandson, a great grandson, ended up being the one of the ministers of Mount Lebanon. The family has like a whole history of here, of here, and he never really left. You know. If he yeah, was, that's what I was about to say. Is, really it left. sounds
3: like he went to Massachusetts, but this was always home. He yeah.
4: it was al- it was always home, always home. And since then, I have found a document that. Um, I call it uh, his autobiography. Uh, he wrote this document that um, uh, he used to raise money to purchase his family. Oh, by the way, his wife and children were owned by James K. Polk's brother-in-law, and they lived in the sister's house. Yeah, yeah so,
3: which is right here next door to us. Right. Uh, next door to the Polco,
4: but he never, he never really, he never really left. And the other thing, which is unique about him, and I call them position papers, with everything that happened. In the history as it relates to African American African Americans, he wrote a position paper during the contentious election of 1876. You know, when the electoral college with uh, Hayes and (laughs) uh, And he wrote a position paper. You know, the only other election more
3: tumultuous in American (laughs) history than 2020,
4: (laughs) right? The only other one. Yeah, he wrote position papers all the time, and he went when he met with Lincoln. It was like we want to fight for our freedom. So he was one of the ones that encouraged Lincoln to have African Americans join the Civil War. Okay. So and there were there was a letter that I saw that was filed with the Lincoln papers that said uh, is and I can't remember the words but he was like thank you for this. Here's a copy of this uh, document that I'm sending out to the community. And oh by the way, we we are we have ministered some of the people Behind the Union Line, so you owe me this money because he was actually he was actually working. You know, he was actually working, and a lot of the money that he made, he sent back to his owner because his owner only gave him permission to leave, but for that privilege, he had to send her back ten dollars dollars a month so it's, it's, a, it's an it's an interesting story and I have pieced a, a lot of story. it together based on some of the documents that I've seen and the document that he wrote and in Massachusetts he was so well known there's many things written about him in Massachusetts Okay.
3: wow fascinating again that those themes of uh, faith and education uh, run all through yes there we go alright let's take a break and come back <coughs>
1: Heat wave heroes are keeping you from getting burned this summer. If you know you need an AC replacement, don't wait until it breaks down and you're sweating it out. Our heatwave heroes are saving the day with hot deals to keep you cool. Get a free UV light and free electronic air cleaner when you purchase select new HVAC systems this month. Don't wait until you need rescuing. Call the Heatwave Heroes. Visit HappyHiller.com. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Yeah. Fast Pace Health provides easy access to quality care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and Main Street parades. Your community is our community, and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable health care. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast Pace Health. Reserve your spot in line today. Fast Pace Health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard.
0: This message presented by the TSSAA and the Tennessee Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. So let it rock,
4: let it roll. Let the Bible Belt come and save my soul. Hold on to
5: 16 as long as you can. Changes come around real soon,
0: make us wish women
3: and men. And we are back. Uh, Wednesday edition, three dudes of With a View. My name is Del Kelly. I'm dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. All right. Regular special guest dude, Debbie Matthews. Good morning.
5: And un- under my name, even though it says Debbie Matthews, Joanne McClellan is being seen on camera on my phone today.
3: There we go. And our two very special guests, Joanne McClellan, Murray County historian. How are you? fine, how are you? And Reverend Chris Bowie, St. Peter's Episcopal Church. How you doing? Great to be here, Del. Alright folks, the reason they're here is just to recap uh, this coming Saturday, 1145 West 7th Street, Church of Christ, right across from Oaks and Nichols. They are having a fundraising luncheon for the African American Heritage Society, which seeks to build an, a Murray County African American History Museum. Uh, but the uh, what's going to be happening is that, and it's a $10 donation suggested, you, you know you can uh, just a suggested donation to come to the luncheon. Uh, and Joanne McClellan, Murray County historian, will be the speaker. Well, she will speak on and has some video on uh, African Americans. In history in Murray County, and she focuses on African Americans who have made a difference in education, politics, religion, uh, whatever, and it ought to be thoroughly interesting. Uh, Joanne McClellan, welcome.
4: Thank you. Oh, Chris, I've already
3: introduced you guys. Let's just let's just jump right into uh, uh, and Miss York and Clayton, Debbie. You know, y'all jump in here anywhere you want to. I, but I'd like to hear uh, uh, some more uh, s- samples of what we're going to hear about on
4: Saturday. <laughs> well, uh, let's he talk about the whole story, Joanne. Don't tell him the whole. story. Yeah, <laughs> we'll <won't laughs> get people to pay their ten dollars. Well, I I won't tell him the whole story. Well, let not me tell everybody him. Everybody can make it. Now. Let me tell him about a couple of other stories. Um, one thing that the society is uh, working on now is um, getting a. Civil War Trails Marker placed on East 8th Street. Uh, I was contacted, the society was contacted by the National Civil War Trails Area, and they're looking to put up markers for African Americans that returned to their communities and made a difference. So um, there was a young man who came back. He started the, uh, he went to college, he started the Richland Creek Baptist Association, he started a church on East A Street, he actually became a, a craftsman, he built Mount Lebanon Church. He built churches in Murray and Jones stands County. still stands
3: today on East 8th Street.
4: Yes, he, um, he built churches in um, Jones County and in counties in alabama so um we're going to and have applied for a civil war trails marker for him the other thing that i probably won't mention is that recently the society was asked to uh, sit on a board at the tennessee state museum and what um, they wanted us to do is to help them build a museum exhibit which will be opening in uh, june that speaks to African American schools. It's called Building Communities, rosenwald Schools of uh Tennessee, I think. And Murray County will be featured in that museum. It's gonna be really, really very interesting. I have not seen the final product, but they sent me a eighty-page document to review and I sent them a 10 page (laughs) ten page document of uh questions and issues and whatever so they're incorporating a lot of the information that uh, i shared with them including some pictures of people uh here and i haven't haven't seen the final product so going to be doing that and um the other thing that once we get this museum up and I'm going to restart or continue the conversation that I had had with the people on the Civil Rights Trail. So if we get a Civil War Trails marker on East 8th Street, a Civil Rights Trails marker on East 8th Street, that's going to bring a lot of tourism here. That's wonderful. And so I started the conversation with the Civil Rights trails people a couple of years ago when we got the idea of the museum. And uh, she said to me, Well, do you have a site yet? And I said, No. She says, If you had a site, you know, we could do this immediately, but you don't have a site. So we need to wait until you have a site and then we can. Talk about the process of putting your site on the civil rights trails, yes. which would be really, really good for the county and for the East 8th Street. Oh, yes. wow.
3: That's fantastic. All right. Now, you know, you can't sell anything without giving away some free samples. So <laughs> okay. um, t- tell, give, give us a, another tale we might hear on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Not a tale, an account, whatever
4: uh, that you might hear on Saturday. Okay, how about uh, this guy named John W. Johnson? He was born here. He finished high school here. Didn't have any money, but he started um, sharecropping, making, uh, growing sorghum.
3: And what, he what era uh, would this be?
4: Nineteen. 19- uh, 1890 something okay okay 1890 something and uh he started growing sorghum and then he created working with uh, his uh partner created molasses so he shows up on Roger Williams University's doorstep saying I want to go to Roger Williams University I don't have any money I just have this I have these buckets of molasses where's so Roger Williams University? it used to be in Nashville okay. it was an old school that was established for African Americans way back in the day okay it used to be in Nashville wow. so he showed up with buckets of molasses and the president at the time was so impressed that he allowed him to go to school, you know, using, bringing his buckets of molasses. Of course, he had to hitchhike to Nashville, right? right? So he ended up After graduating from Roger Williams, he ended up going to the Brown University, you know, the Brown University, and he came back to Roger Williams, taught mathematics, and ended up being the first African-American president of Roger Williams University. Oh, He stayed there um, uh, until they closed Roger Williams. He ended up going to Morehouse and teaching at Morehouse College. He came back here. and retired here in Columbia, he is the person that bought the building that is now Owned by JRN Kentucky Fried Chicken, yeah. he bought that building in 1896 for $1, fourteen hundred dollars, and his family sold it. His heirs sold it in 1970s after he owned it for almost eighty years, and he leased that space to both black and white business owners.
3: Uh, is that, that the one on South Main Street, or the at,
4: one at the on South Main and East Eighth? You know that red, you yeah, know the red yeah, building,
3: uh, uh, yeah. beautiful, yeah. A beautifully yeah. historic building. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, all right. Now, Joanne, this uh, theme of education seems to be pervasive in uh, African American community here in Murray County, in and around the Civil War. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit?
4: Well, it it is, and I did a. I worked on this project with MTSU, and it's called. It was called Places and Perspectives, and I had done a research, a lot of research before on the schools because I was, I was like fascinated with education. You know, I grew up in um, my great great, my grandfather's great aunt said to me when I was like second or third grade, "What are you going to be when you grow up?" And I said, a nurse. And she went to bedpan nurse, and she says, "Uh uh, honey." you're too smart for that so education became like one of my my themes and education has been important to me my family my my child um and of course my grandchildren but and of course joanne's degree is in applied mathematics by the way guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) did not want to teach (laughs) um and it was just just really, really important. And I grew up with teachers that were the one teacher that I had from grades one through eight. Her father started an old school back in the eighteen. 18- 1880s, up in the Gravel Hill community, most of you probably never heard of the Gravel Hill community, but no. she became my, she became my teacher, and she would walk in, when we walked in that class every day, every single student, there were like maybe 20 of us, and she would say, you know, walk tall, hold your head high, because you are somebody. And she would say that to every single kid that came in there, and she really encouraged us to learn, encouraged us to do the best that we could do. Be the best that we could be. And she was not just the teacher between Monday through Friday. She was my Sunday school teacher. She was my 4 club teacher. She was my whatever was going on in the community teacher. What was her name? Her name was Scotty Foster Brown.
3: And where were you in school?
5: Theta.
4: You say oh, theta. theta. I've heard you theta. say theta. It's theta.
5: Theta. <laughs> theta. It's theta. And so yeah. it was just a 20-student school? And did it do one through five or six or just all? A-
4: when that school started in 1920, my mom went to that school. It was grades one through eight. When I went to that school, it was grades one through eight. And I left there and went to College Hill in the ninth grade. but. This th- that school had the reputation of being one of the best schools in Murray County. Now, Murray County had the reputation of building the best Rosenwald schools in the state, And oh, was it a black
5: and white school, Joanne? No, it was just black for it was black
4: a, children. Rosenwald schools were built by, funded by Julius Rosenwald with Booker T. Washington, and it was schools for African Americans. Well,
3: I think what Debbie was asking about is, Theta when you went to school there, was that a segregated no, she school? She said no.
4: It was. It, they didn't segregate the schools until I was well away from here. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't segregate the schools so, until just 1969. I graduated high school in '64.
3: So you you, you mean integrate the school?
4: Schools. Integrate. Right, integrate. Yes, so yes. You attended
3: segregated schools? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, gotcha. you. Yeah. Joanne, I went to a Rosenwald School in Louisiana. Oh, okay. It was, uh, it was one through
4: twelve. Okay, okay. Now we only yeah. had we only had one one through twelve Rosenwald School in Murray County, and that was Clark Training down in Mount Pleasant. But the um, one yeah, of I guess the, officially became the Clark School, which was the yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. House, yeah. The, the Black School. in Mer- Mount Pleasant. Yeah. yeah. But one of the other projects that I worked on uh, recently was to do a Rosenwald School exhibit with the Tennessee State Museum. See, I've never heard of that uh, before. But, you but haven't? But, no.
3: JoAnna, I wanna, we, we, we're running out of time and this is fascinating, <laughs> but, but I want to come back to this theme of uh, it, it really seemed like that the African American community uh, after the Civil War yearned for education. Uh, and uh, that that uh, much of their uh, the time of their leadership, I mean that, that that this was almost maybe the main focus of the it, black it, community after the war. Is, it, is, it,
4: it, is, it it was it was the society did an exhibit called Path to Freedom, and we did that exhibit because we saw in our research that was really the key. The people here in Murray County saw education as a path to freedom and one thing that the black community the black community yes one thing that Murray County did they had something called a Murray County Colored Teachers Institute and we had professors of history uh, Mr. uh, John W. Williams I mean uh, Johnson we had professors of history from all over Tennessee and in Murray County um, coming down to teach these were qualified people coming up to teach in this Murray County Colored Teachers Institute also there was something here called the Murray County normal and industrial school we're going to get a market for that and it was recharted tennessee state normal and industrial school education has been really a key focus here in murray county and i've talked to my counterparts in other counties it didn't seem to be the case for some reason you're here so murray
3: county was, stands out yes, with regard to the desire for education the black community to have education absolutely absolutely
4: and I've I've seen that running what's, through.
3: What's the cause of that? What, where, where does, where's the root of that?
4: You know what? I think it's in people like Edmund Kelly. One thing that people find very surprising, when we had the Freeman Bureau schools here in Murray County, you know, most of the teachers were black men. Okay. Not Quaker women from the north. Most of the teachers were black men in the Murray County Freedman Bureau schools. And I've gone through those records. I've gone through those records with MTSU. Most of those teachers were black men. That we had by 1865, um, we had like nine. Over 50 percent of those teachers were African American men. And unusual, that's, right? That's unusual. Joanne, it jo-
0: it's a phenomenal that uh, there were across the South, even in Louisiana, in my hometown, a black man started a school, a one-room school. Uh, he got an education, then he came back to our community and started a school, and then it became a, a, a 1 through 12 school. Yes. And he did a lot of
3: things in education. So black men across the South, Knew that education was the direction that they needed to to get the people involved in. All right, folks, fascinating show. Once again, uh, Joanne McClellan, Murray County historian, Reverend Chris Bowie, Saint Peter's Episcopal Church have teamed up to uh, have a program this coming Saturday, 11:45, West Seventh Street, Church Christ, cross from Oaks and Nichols. Ten dollar donation. Uh, suggested to raise money for an African-American Heritage Museum here in Murray County, and um, it's going to be a fascinating...